The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by Combank. With the ICC Women's T20 World Cup underway, Combank are backing the Aussie cricket team and a bid to break attendance records at the grand final on the 8th of March. So come on Aussies, come on, head to t20worldcup.com and buy a ticket to a game in your city. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Larissa Moore. It's Monday the 2nd of March. In your squiz today, Australia's first COVID-19 fatality. Joe Biden makes a comeback in the Democratic election race. Chinese swimmer Sun Yang is banned from competing. And the epitome of power suits. This is your squiz today. An elderly Australian man has died from COVID-19, marking Australia's first fatality from the virus. The 78-year-old was confirmed to have the coronavirus after being evacuated off the Diamond Princess cruise ship. He was taken to a hospital in Perth, Clare, where he died yesterday. His name was James Kwan. He was a retired travel agent from Perth. His 79-year-old wife, Teresa, has also tested positive for coronavirus and she's in hospital in Perth. It's understood his son is still in Japan while his daughter-in-law remains in quarantine in the North. Northern Territory. Terribly sad accounts about what happened over the weekend. His family were able to speak to him by phone and through the glass of the isolation unit before he died, but of course they weren't able to mm. be there to hold his hand or be with him in his final hours because that's the nature of what they need mm. to do in managing this virus. Yeah, very difficult for the family. A further five cases were confirmed in Australia over the weekend, which takes our total to 28. What's the latest in the government's handling of it? Lots of questions being asked about Australia's management of it. Uh, We have banned travellers from Iran in a similar way that we've banned travellers from China, with the number of cases increasing quite significantly in Italy and South Korea. There's questions about whether we need to ban travellers from those locations as well, but we're still at a non-pandemic, there's lots uh, of people watching what will happen this week. Yeah, absolutely. COVID-19 has now spread to 61 countries across the world, more than 87,400 cases and almost 3,000 deaths. There's been a bit of movement in some of the international stories we've covered lately, so we'll go through a quick update on some of those. The US and the Taliban have formalised the deal that could mean the end of their 18-year war. The US will begin to withdraw their troops as the Taliban begins to work towards peace with the government of Afghanistan. That's certainly the plan. There's lots of conditions on the Taliban uh, to do what they've undertaken to do, and that's to start talks with the Afghan government. There's already a couple of problems uh, popping up with those discussions, but it's also undertaken to stop al-Qaeda and other terror groups from operating from the territory that they control in Afghanistan. Uh, It's going to be problematic, but it is a big development. And tensions in Syria mean more refugees are fleeing the country into Turkey, who in turn are opening their European borders, Claire. There's issues in Syria with the government-backed troops still going at it with Turkey and Idlib province. That's pushing refugees to Turkey's border. Turkey already hosts 3.7 million Syrian refugees and says that the added pressure is just too much. So President Erdogan has opened the doors into Europe. That hasn't been uh, really received well by Greek authorities, which shares a border uh, with Turkey, and they've fired some tear gas uh, into crowds attempting to disperse them. It's a situation that's expected to escalate further this week. 
And over in Malaysia, the king has sworn in a new prime minister, Claire. His name is Muaddin Yassin. Uh, he comes from the party that Mahadia defeated. Uh, so former and then interim prime minister Mahadia Mohammed, uh, he had a plan to consolidate power a week ago, but it hasn't really gone uh, as smoothly as he might have liked. He's found himself kicked out. Mahadia says that Muaddin doesn't have the numbers and the support of the parliament, so he's planning on testing that out. So there still could be some uh, turbulent times there. <laughs> There's a lot going on in international news. There's more on all those stories in the Squiz Today email. In the US, the process to elect the 2020 Democrat presidential candidate continued, Claire, with the South Carolina primary held over the weekend. Former US Vice President Joe Biden won that one pretty convincingly, which puts him back in with a chance to be the one to take on Donald Trump in November. Conventional wisdom has been that Joe Biden would rate well with African-American voters and this South Carolina vote has uh, about 65% of registered Democratic voters in that demographic. So he really had to score a a very convincing result there to stay in the race. Uh, He's ended up with almost 50% of the vote. Left-winger Bernie Sanders was a very distant second at about 20% of the vote. Super Tuesday is coming up this week week. Just for context, until now about 5% of votes had been recorded and after Tuesday about a third of them will be in. So we'll know a lot more about the standings of these candidates by the middle of the week. Yeah, it's the second most important voting day after actual election day in November. So stand by. It's a big one. Speaking of elections, Israel is headed for their third in a year. No party was able to form a majority in the previous two elections, so I think they're definitely hoping that the third time is the charm. It's being reported that incumbent Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has some good momentum despite heading to trial in two weeks on corruption charges. The voters there really are hoping for a result. To have three elections in about 11 months really is quite onerous. Already the reports are saying that they could be heading to a fourth election. That's because the numbers really are tight. No one's able to uh, win a majority. Fingers crossed they get some stability there. It'll be interesting to see voter turnout anyway. The big news in sport over the weekend was the eight-year ban handed down to Chinese swimmer Sun Yang. Australian swimmer Mac Horton and others refused to share a podium with him at last year's World Championships over drug-cheating allegations. The Court for the Arbitration of Sport, or CAS as it's known, found the Chinese swimmer guilty of breaking anti-doping rules, Claire. This relates to his team smashing a vial of his blood taken during an out-of-competition test in 2018. Sun Yang had previously been found uh, guilty of using a prohibited drug, which is why there's been long-standing concerns from Mac Horton and from other swimmers about his uh, eligibility really to swim and whether that was something he was involved in going forward. So it's still not over. Um, Sun is going to challenge and appeal that decision. Uh, And there's still questions, though, about even if that all happens, whether he'll be stripped of his previous medals and records. The 80s was definitely a time for power suits, Claire, and UK Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher wore a few in her time. It turns out she even started naming them after some of the world leaders she met, according to a new release of information from the Margaret Thatcher archives. Yeah, we're talking big shoulder pads and really bright colours. And 
Thatcher. Hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She um, really did have um, big hair, Margaret Thatcher, when you look <laughs> at the pictures and compare them to the styles of today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she didn't pay much attention to her outfits until a particular time, and that's when she really started cluing into what she was wearing and who she was meeting. So she has a whole range of suits. One was a, a pink Chanel Gorbachev. Uh, only certain men received the high honour of having an outfit named after them, and of course they are mostly men because they're mostly who she was doing business with and meeting with back in those times. So, yeah, things have changed a little bit, but it's an interesting insight into um, how an icon of that era managed her wardrobe. Great read and great pictures as well. Every day you give us a song lyric that relates to something in the news. What are we singing today? I've got a song from The Bleachers and the lyric is Now I'm Running and I Won't Stop. It's from a song called Roller Coaster. And, of course, Joe Biden's campaign so far has been a bit of a roller coaster and he's hoping now that he (laughs) is running and that he won't stop. So we'll need to see. Well, plenty more to come on the US elections, that's for sure. Thanks for listening today and a big hello and welcome if you found us through Spotify's Your Daily Drive. We know there's a few of you. If you're new to the podcast, we often mention the Squiz Today email where you can find more details and links to the news stories mentioned here on the podcast. If you want to sign up to that, you can find it at thesquiz.com.au and I'll put a link to the episode notes as well. Have a great day and we'll chat to you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website.